everyone, Chatty Cathy's. Welcome to Mini Gabs, where we have many gabs over mini gabs and we chat and chit and chat and whatnot. Uh, my name is Natalie. I'm Kina. And I'm Kaden. Yay! Yay! And she is back and she is still amazing and apparently yes. Titanic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we were just perusing in her background. I was spying. I was like, what is that? That looks like Jack Dawson. <laughs> She's like, what? Well, yes, it is. It's totally her fault because she didn't blur her background. So Jack Dawson just over my shoulder. Yes. <laughs> just casually. <laughs> usual. Near, far, whatever. Yes. Oh, such a good movie. Anyway, thanks for coming. You're supposed to be on the mini gab uh, last week, but we had technical difficulties. So now we drug you to this week. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> just longer to like enjoy the experience <laughs> yes by now hopefully everybody's watched your episode so hopefully everybody's fallen in love with you like we have oh, like yeah. oh she's back <laughs> we're really hoping we skipped this <laughs> no, that's all right that's what the fast forward button is for <laughs> exactly. i just assume everyone does on my part so it's okay <laughs> That's what I think about mine. I'm like, why would anybody want to listen to my voice? <laughs> and I edit, so it's just cringing, <laughs> just getting through my part. Like, Do you ask Zeke that, that question? <laughs> All the time. He's like, I don't know why you guys are doing okay, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> There's no logical reason why this should, should be going listen. so well, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll never listen. He's just like, honestly, it's just not my thing. He's He's a car guy. He's a race car guy. He's a Vroom vroom, whatever. He doesn't care about history. So. Uh, vroom vroom, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like he's building a car, and I could never. My brain does not work that way. Oh. So, Mine kind of does. I've changed the starter when I had a Jeep. I changed the starter in it, but that's actually pretty easy to do, though. Yeah. Here's an example of our brains not working. He was talking about a Lincoln yesterday, and he meant a car. And I was like, oh, hey, did you know Lincoln might have had syphilis? He's like, our brains do not work the same. <laughs> he's, he's like, how did you get Lincoln from that? I'm like, Lincoln, car, Abraham Lincoln. He's like, uh, mm, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> okay. I can turn everything into history. It's fine. I, that's, that's me and Bible stuff. Like, I grew up in a not religious house. It, it was an open one. Like, my mom just told me that everyone believes in different things, and then one day you'll choose what you want to believe. And I'm totally all for that. I don't think I knew what she believed in until I was in high school. She just kept it very open. And so, like, any Jesus Bible stuff, I got nothing. And and (laughs) Emery Emery is always super entertained because he was very much raised churchy Bible. And so he will tell me stuff. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, Natalie, that's in Corinthians. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was that your bedtime story? And he's like, yep. I'm like, that's sad. Mine was, if you gave a mouse a cookie. <laughs> Honestly, they both teach lessons. So they are really that different? Man, some of those Bible stories are dark, though. <laughs> I know. And that's the one I was like, that's sad. Because it was like murder. <laughs> yeah. All right, go to and, sleep now. And uh, I remember when I was uh, 14, 15, I got really confused with Lincoln. A teacher is talking about Lincoln and murdering his son. And I thought, isn't that the name? Or Abraham. That's Abraham, what it is. Yeah. See, that's my knowledge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was Abraham murdering his son. I'm like, when did Lincoln do that? I thought he was talking about Abraham Lincoln for like until the end of class. Luckily, it only took me like 30 minutes to figure it out. I'm like, this isn't right. This doesn't sound like what I've learned. <laughs> Uh, it was the same thing. My family just wanted me to figure out what I wanted. And I always had books and the Bible and stuff. But I went to church with a friend when I got older, like preteen or whatever. And it was like a Bible study. And they were like, oh, we're not going to let you leave until you can answer this Bible question. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't know. And I was like, this, this is like an intense pop quiz right now. Yeah, it was. It was really bad, and I I don't like to fail at things, and I have a lot of anxiety, so I would just internally be like, oh, this is hell. I'm in hell. What happened? <laughs> Do you know, like, they finally, somebody cheated and told me the answer. I was like, oh, man. It's, like, very specific. Not everybody knows. Now I've read it, because, like, literature and history and stuff, you have to read it, but yeah. I've also read the Quran, and 
parts of other stuff. The Torah, but it's all complicated. (laughs) I mean, I almost did leprosy, and that's very biblical, but I did not. (laughs) 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 For our next episode. (laughs) But it was like, leprosy in the Bible. I was like, oh man, that's a long rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> if we if we only did that one story for the episode, I would let you do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was too long. Who knew? Leprosy is like one of the oldest diseases in history or something. Did not know that. Now you know. Rainbow. <laughs> did you find any good discoveries this week? Ms. I did. I did. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So actually, I heard this on the radio. So in San Antonio, there's like Brooks and Jubal morning show. So when I'm going to the gym or coming back to the gym, I'm listening. And they talked about this story and I thought it was hilarious. So I was like, oh, I'm talking <laughs> about it on the podcast. So brothers Ned, Roger, and Stephen Lando from Teaneck, New Jersey, were cleaning out their mother's home after she passed away. And they were looking for stuff to sell to raise some cash. And they were dividing up her estate. So, quote, we had a garage sale, but there were a few things like china and silver that looked very nice. And we thought, well, we don't really want to give that away right now. So, end quote. And he said that on an episode of Strange Inheritance. Foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> One item that made the cut was a small painting that they said always creeped them out. So they didn't think anything of it. They're just like, it's creepy. We didn't like it, but we're not going to get rid of it. The painting was of a woman passed out in a chair and two men trying to revive her with smelling salt. As a kid, I thought, quote, why do we have a painting like this in our dining room? Question mark. Ned said on this TV interview. So the mom's nice stuff went straight to Roger's basement because, you know, that happens. And then they ended up storing it underneath a ping pong table like you do. And then he procrastinated four years before calling an estate sale guy to be like, hey, can I sell this shit? <laughs> they took all this stuff over there in their estate guy, which I read another article that said he was from Antiques Roadshow. So I thought that was cool. Anyway, he was <laughs> like, oh, the silver pieces are going to be a couple of thousand dollars and the paintings are not really significant. So they're probably going to be a few hundred. And they were like, cool. So the brothers were like, yeah, do whatever. And appraiser said, quote, it about the painting. It had varnished, it had cracked, there was paint loss, it wasn't beautiful, and the people in the picture were not beautiful. It was remarkably unremarkable. <laughs> uh, boy, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing where I'm getting at. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seeing the direction. So, they have a general idea. They're thinking they're going to get a couple hundred bucks, maybe a thousand at best. So, they completely forgot about the actual auction that was going to happen. And they were like, if we get a few hundred dollars, we're going to be really happy. And then he said, quote, I even forgot about the auction that was even happening. And it was Yom Kippur. And so, they had their phones off. So, the auction begins. And there wasn't much going on. The silver fetched a, you know, a little bit more than they expected. And then the other paintings were a little less than they expected. And then they started with the little creepy painting. And it started out with a bid of $250. And then it went up to $800. And they were like, oh, that's pretty good. And then there was a phone call from a bidder from France. And all of a sudden, it was $5,000. <laughs> and then yeah. a bidder from Germany called. And then it was $80,000. Then they went into a bid war and then it goes up to (laughs) $100,000. So then they said, what the fuck is actually going on? So they have somebody on the phone with the France guy, somebody on the phone with the German guy. And then they were at $450,000 and then the appraiser's wife was like, do you still want to bid? And the guy was, yes, bid. And she was like, what is happening? So (laughs) the French buyer guy bid 1.1 million dollars and then the german bidder was like i'm out (laughs) (laughs) so she was like what is going on and he says quote her name's amy by the way he says amy it's a rembrandt i've been looking for this painting my entire adult professional career yes her mouth is agape, and as it should be. You just <laughs> because... casually have a Rembrandt in your dining room, and you're like, wow, these people are so ugly. Yes, passed down for generations of people that hated it. <laughs> like, it's insane. 
So the brothers were clueless. And then a few days later, they're like, oh, yeah, we had this auction. They even forgot about it. And so they call and they're like, how did it go? And the appraiser said, well, it actually went quite well, which is <laughs> the understatement of the decade. That's and how then, I would phrase it, though. I would be like, man. You're like, oh, did we get like a couple hundred dollars? Or like, and they're like, mm. I would like, yeah, we definitely made a profit. Man. <laughs> oh, my God. And I imagine when they told them they either fainted or shit themselves. I can't imagine any other outcome of you thought you were getting 200 bucks. You got 1.1 million. That's just For one thing out of the auction. I mean, the thing. Yes. So this painting was one of Rembrandt's earliest works. Okay. And it's part of a lost series about the five senses. And it was from the early 1600s when he was just a teenager. So this is really significant in the art history world. And it's a series that it's been lost for a long time and people have been trying to find it. Its official title is The Unconscious Patient, an allegory of the sense of smell. So this is uh, smelling salts. Oh. That's the point. The three brothers said that it, their grandfather had no idea the value of the painting and that apparently somebody in their family purchased it by a clueless seller right before the Depression hit in the 1930s. That's how, how do we know about the series if they're lost? Like, were they in collection for a while? Or are you about well, to get to that? They found some. There's like five, I think, is what I said. And they found a couple of them. They knew it happened, but people just... Because a lot of these things are very documented because there was a lot of people in these different eras that were kind of like self-proclaimed art historians that wrote about stuff. So people know things exist, but it's kind of like Van Gogh. You know, people know certain paintings exist because somebody talked about it, but we don't know where it's at. So okay. from just like writings, people knew. That I just existed. I was just wondering, like, how is it done? You know, Instagram wasn't there yeah. Back then, how do we know shit happened? Yeah, but. There's, there's always some self-proclaimed art historian writing something about somebody. So, okay. yeah. So, and Rembrandt uh, is really important. So, I mean, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. And also, I learned in school because I took an art history class about 19th century art. But she mentioned that uh, a lot of these Americans just bought the shit up. They were buying European art, uh, impressionists renaissance everything like crazy and then they would get bored with it and then they would end up being like oh hey servant you can have this painting so then it started getting passed down from people you know like servant families so a lot of time a lot of these really important paintings were in somebody's living room and nobody knew it so uh, there's a lot of really important paintings in our like the united states people don't know is real uh, my college professor her whole thing is about this guy named simeon solomon and she was doing a speech on him. And some lady from Maumelle, fucking Arkansas, was like, hey, <laughs> that missing painting you're talking about is in my living room. And she's like, there is no way. And then she goes, and it was above her couch. Like, it's insane. It was the same thing. Like, it's been passed down in the family. And Well, I was just thinking, I just saw a post about that on a, I can't remember what movie it was. That It was a movie set, and the director bought this painting at a thrift store, a thrift store, just to throw it in the living room of a scene. An art historian watched the movie, paused it on this painting, and it was a long lost painting. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember the movie. I remember. Oh, that's crazy. I saw that meme too, but I don't remember who it was. Oh man, I'll have to look at it again. To be continued on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this story reminded me of another one. There sometime within the last couple of months, like I think back in October, there was a I wanna say like it looks medieval painting of like the mocking of Christ found in a French kitchen, just like above the stove. Oh and I gosh. think it actually had like some damage just because of like the fact that it had been where they were cooking for so long. Mm -hmm. But like <laughs> I, I just Googled it really quickly, and it made $27 million. Oh, my God. Ah, God like, what if you just found out that, like, this random piece of art in your house? That's crazy. God, I'm I wish I had art lucky. now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's my dream. Yeah, my professor said that that Simeon Solomon ended up selling at Christie's auction house for, like, $80 because it was a part of a series that was lost. And he's, he's the first openly gay jewish artist so that's like his niche like that's why he's significant or something it's crazy so 
Yeah. This person finds it. The whole family's like, what the actual fuck just happened? And then the person that did it, like, cleaned it up, had it authenticated, and then flipped it for, like, $4 million. <laughs> so then the brothers were like, oh, my God, we could have made $4 million if we would have known what we were looking at. But one point one better not so bad. <laughs> yeah, better than making, like, 800 bucks. <laughs> yeah. That's my dream is to stumble upon a painting at a thrift store and it authenticate it and it be... Like, there's so many Pollocks floating around. I've seen people, there was an art historian that lived next to a guy, and a guy opened his garage, and he was like, where did you get that painting? He's like, oh, I bought it at a garage sale. It's going to be a gag gift for somebody. He's like, that is a Jackson Pollock, dude. Do not do not give that away. Yeah. If you own that. (laughs) And as a gag gift. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine? I would love if somebody gag gifted me a Jackson Pollock. Yeah. If anybody um, wants to to send me a Jackson Pollock, um, I've already given my email, I think, in the last episode, <laughs> but feel free to get in contact. Yeah. Give any of us a look up. Uh, <laughs> it was Stuart Little. That was the movie I was thinking. Oh, yeah. What a weird movie, too, to, like, have a fantastic art discovery occur during. Yeah, it was, like, just the, I think the painting was, it was just in their living room. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool paintings that people know exist they've just been missing so they're probably in private collections or somebody has it and they don't even realize it so it's pretty cool anyway back to the podcasting natalie do you have a discovery (laughs) i do it's a mixture of history and tv so my loves of life basically (laughs) have y'all seen the tv show hell on wheels no, I haven't. It's an AMC show. It's kind of old. It's five seasons. It was 2011, so I guess 2016. It's a Western, and it's about building the railroad from going out west. And there, it is actually a real town called Hell. And, oh, cool. and it was the traveling town that followed basically tents. It was basically just a bunch of tents and a little bit of wood, and they would just move the town as the railroad was being built. And it was dirty. <laughs> it's <was> gross. Because, <laughs> like, uh, it was basically a bunch of sweaty men and a bar or a saloon, I should say, and a brothel. That's about, that's about it. <laughs> Lots of drinking and that. Yeah. And there's probably some other things, but that was, like, the highlights, so. though. <laughs> and... The TV show, it's Hell on Wheels. It's on Netflix, and it's really good. And what they've done is they've taken pieces of the history, and they've mashed them together. So it's fictional in the sense that some of the names are made up, but they're based off of real people or real events that have happened around this time. And they've just kind of like, even if it's within like 30 years, they've put it all into this one story, and it's really good. Like, one example is Robert Bell, who mapped out how the railroad could go through the Rockies. That's a real person. The Maiden of the West, which was this propaganda about a woman who was, she's Robert Bell's wife. And they get attacked by Native Americans. And she's on the run. And they're like, we have to save the fair hair Maiden of the West and everything. And it's in newspapers in the 1800s. Like, it's a, it was a thing. Hmm. And... One really cool part is there's a character named Ava who's actually based off a real person named Olive Oatman. And what's really cool is she has chin tattoos. She's got three lines on her chins that go down. And right on the outside, she's got two more lines from the edges of her lips down to the jaw. And those are two lines with uh, triangles. And it represents two horses and three blankets and because that yeah she it was her white family was traveling west native americans attacked them and took her and her sister captive eventually traded her for three blankets and two horses to another native american tribe where she lived for four years with them her sister Mm -hmm. Eventually died of some sort of illness over the time. 
at one point a there was a battle between the native i think no luckily she was bartered so white people bartered for her and they bought her back basically and she became a free person after that and at first she talks about her time with the native americans like it was nice it wasn't as bad as what you think but in theory they suspect it was sort of stockholm syndrome And because when she was first kidnapped, she was only 14. And she was there for five years. So she's only about 19, 20 when she got out. Because later she expressed a little bit more of the negative. But it is not known how much she endured during that time. Oh, wow. And yeah, the markings on her chin was in a way of accepting her in the tribe, but also kind of putting you in your place too. Like, that's your worth as well. Aww. Yeah, it's, it's kind of half and half. Like, you're you're with us, but maybe not that much. <laughs> yeah. I think, I've, I think I, I'm not positive that it was her, but I think it might have been. But I've heard a podcast um, by someone else who actually talked about an instance of, like, a, a white girl being taken in by a tribe. And I thought it was really interesting because I, like, didn't know that much about that kind of culture of like adopting a white child into your culture and how like the weird, like you're sort of in, but also like you're different and we recognize that. But yeah, she, if it's the same person, I don't know, but she did have tattoos as well. So that's really interesting. Oh, Oh, then possibly. I don't know. They called her the tattooed captive. That was kind of her nickname. And at one point she was almost like a circus act. Everyone wanted to have her at their party. So she would tell about the tales. They would, She's just this big, Aww. I don't know, popular person. We say all, but it ended well. I mean, she ended up marrying a rancher and moving to Texas. She passed away in 1903. So, I mean, she actually ended up living a decent life. It was just rough during those. Well, I mean, it was the Wild West, so who knows how rough it was, everything else. But it became as normal as it could be. And in our TV show, Hell on Wheels, we have Ava, who has the exact same tattoos and has the same story. And so she has a really interesting part to play as well. This show is really good because it takes place right after the Civil War ends. So we have black men that have just been freed. So the freedmen. Mm -hmm. We have Irishmen that are trying to make some money to send home. We've got the Germans. We've got then our Southerners, the Graybacks, and we got the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So we have all these very racist people, basically, <laughs> that all hate each other. And oh. they are never to blame. That's what I'm getting from it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> One fun thing that kind of confused me for a second. <laughs> now, we'll say they use all of the slurs. So if you know a slur about a different race, it is in the show. Oh, well, I mean, that's unfortunate. It's, it's historically accurate. That's why yeah. I like it. It's sad, mm-hmm. but it, I'm glad it's there because, I mean, this is how it was mm-hmm. back then. And I was like, I turned to Emory. I'm like, man, they can say this on TV because this was on AMC. It's not like HBO. Or He's like, yeah, there's actually no laws about not saying these words. They're just kind of frowned upon. So oh, like, no. Oh, well, damn. Wait, that's horrible. <laughs> I learned something today. No. Oh. But the show is excellent. It teaches people how to work together, get beyond your differences. It's got great drama and action, and it's so accurate. I love it. I totally recommend it. And it's it's been interesting to learn about people in the show, about their characters, like who they're really based upon. Oh, wow. Like Olive here, who is Ava in the show. Cool. It is funny, too, y'all, so just so you, it's not just depressing or whatever. <laughs> it is funny. Ah, uh, history. All right. I don't want to say anything more. I don't want to spoil. But it's good. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. Hell on Wheels. It's a real place. I've heard of it. I just never seen it. Kaden, what do you like to watch? Now we will grill you and find out all your personal stuff good question what do i like to watch um (laughs) excuse me so i this morning i just finished 
my like first watch through of the rest of the crown because I hadn't been caught up in like a really long time. Ooh. Um, so I enjoyed that a lot. Now that it's like starting to get into the things that are, I mean, not that like the stuff in the past wasn't controversial, but I feel like some of it's like so far removed that mm-hmm. like people aren't that bothered anymore. But, yeah. like, now that we're getting into stuff with, like, Camilla and, like, Diana is coming next season. And mm-hmm. so I started feeling like, oh, man, like, these are the people that I recognize. Obviously, they're all much older now. But, like, and, like, the way everyone hates specific people in the royal family and, like, watching the show, which is obviously very heavy, heavily fictionalized. But just being like, wow, like, the person that everyone hates in real life. I'm like, man, I kind of, like, some of these people I feel really bad for. Yeah been really heavy but i feel like it's been a good season to watch and i have to say like i like i was talking about this to someone recently and i was like to be honest i am kind of surprised that anyone watches this show and obviously like it's not the real people so you have to see them as all like characters like i'm surprised that anyone watches the crown and comes out of it liking the character of the queen because i honestly would like if i was in her family i would probably tell her to fuck off (laughs) (laughs) like she's just so mean and she gets meaner as it goes i just feel so bad for everybody who has to be like in her family and told what to do because she's always like i'm the head of the family she always thinks she's doing what's best and it never is yeah so pretty topical because everything that's happening in the royal family right now i i see on twitter and everything it would be like the poor queen and like we love the queen and i'm like you guys are literally crucifying Meghan markle for just being a human you know and then you're like oh poor queen (laughs) how does the queen feel about her leaving the royal family yeah it's like Jesus. Yeah, God. obviously like, I'm not British. Like I don't really feel like it's something that I necessarily need or deserve to have an opinion on. But like I as like a history person, despite my interest in like royalty, I actually don't really care for the royal family in general these days in terms of like they probably shouldn't exist like that mm-hmm. but since they do exist i'm like damn you are all so mean to each other all the time <laughs> like yeah. how i would i would hate that because it's like you're a family but you're also kind of a business and your business is basically acting a very specific way in society and i just wouldn't be able to do that no. well i just find yeah. it also interesting that if anybody's ever watched I mean, as soon as Diana died, I think everybody in the world has kind of watched the kids, you know, William and I say the kids, they're the same age as me, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also like Harry has always rebelled against the royal family. He has always been in trouble. He has always not wanted to be in that family and he's always wanted out. He joined the military, went to Afghanistan. He fought after 9-11. He's always, it's kind of crazy to me that everybody blames Meghan Markle for him wanting to get out. Because he's always been the one most vocal about his mental health and how worrying about this was going to happen again in the way she was attacked. Like, you know, the paparazzi killed Diana. Everybody knows that. So I'm like, why is everybody still blaming her? Like, he's just protecting his family. (laughs) I have no idea how. Like, he couldn't be more overtly, like, shouting from the rooftops, I don't want to do this. I love my hot wife. We have a baby, like, we want to go do our own thing. And he's, like, broadcasting this basically in neon letters. And everybody's, like, Megan's doing, like, Megan, that snake, is, like, taking him away (sighs) from his family. Like, they're not going to last another year. I'm, like, really? Like, she is my idol, and I love her, and I want to be more like her. And (laughs) literally, as an 11-year-old kid, and I hope this makes history someday, she's watching a commercial, and it was that, Wait, what was it? Dishwasher like dish soap. soap, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it was talking about women in the kitchen everywhere, you know, being whatever. And then she's like, why does it have to be women washing dishes? And she literally wrote a letter to the company, whatever dish soap it was. And she made them change the commercial at 11 years old. Like, she's always been an advocate. So she's a star. I love yeah. her. She was an ambassador for the UN. And I'm like, oh, people are like, oh, she's a gold digger. I'm like... She's literally 
paying the royal family now because <laughs> she's a multi-millionaire. She whatever. had to give up her job to be in your family. Like she had money of her own that she has to actually like stop making to be with you guys. She sacrificed more than you guys did. Yeah, and she's paying back all the the repairs from that historic I, okay, this is another thing that gripes me. People bitching about how much it costs to fix that house. Historic renovations cost more because you have to be historically accurate to a point. Like, it has to be up to code. Yeah. <laughs> Work for a historic reservation, people, and then hear about people bitching about window panes, and then you <laughs> stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not in that field. <laughs> 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 I could not do that. <laughs> Like David. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> God bless him. He guessed it a few episodes ago, and that's what he does. He works for the historic preservation, basically allowing people permits to build his things in historic homes and neighborhoods. And Oh, that's crazy. I in love here. that rabbit hole that we'd like. What show do you <sighs> watch? I am like, Meghan Markle is amazing. Like, <laughs> Especially for people that aren't into history. I love that this show is making people learn by accident. <laughs> Because they're learning things that really happen. And, you know, like Queen Elizabeth being in World War II, she drove, she was a mechanic. And the Windsors used to have a uh, German name and they changed it to Worm, like Windsor, to be less German because of Nazis. It's just like a whole lot of cool stuff that I think, like, they are a machine and they figured it out (laughs) because every other monarchy was being torn down at that time. But yeah, and I do like how in the show, like, they, blatantly address multiple times like this could so easily fall apart for us right now they could decide Mm -hmm. to get rid of us tomorrow and like then what do we do so the way they've tried to like plan for how to save themselves like I just yeah it's so interesting I feel like a lot of people maybe started it because it seemed like oh the queen or like you know it's very glitzy and it's glam it's palaces and stuff and actually like it's a lot of it is really sad (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm so so excited for the next season. I mean, especially people our age group, we all know who Diana is. And I remember when she died. You know, I'm old enough to remember when the news broke and stuff. So it's it's starting to get more into our lifetimes. And that's pretty exciting. Like I said, at least people are learning history. I'm just wondering how they're going to do it. Because it was very controversial. Yeah. Queen not wanting to lower the flag and... I remember I signed her like book thing. They had it was the first time they had like a you know funerals had the little I don't want to say guest book. What was it called? Oh, but like a like a condolences book. Condolence. Kind of. I remember it was the first time that they they put one up on the internet for Princess Diana, yeah. and I remember signing it as like a kid. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I think it's just I find that you're a kid. <laughs> I was, and Sorry. I think I vaguely hit on Prince William. While I was writing, like, if you ever need anything, <laughs> it was I'll was be your shoulder to cry on. Yeah, it was really, really bad. <laughs> I, Looking I'm back, sure you're so. like, yeah, that maybe wasn't super tactful, but it's okay. Yeah, not the best timing. It was not. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta take your chance while you got it, and I guess that's yeah. like the closest you'll get you would ever get. <laughs> yeah, you gotta shoot your shot, you know. <laughs> Although Zeke, <laughs> now that William has buzzed, like shaved his head, he looks like Zeke. So I guess I got, you know, the Wisconsin version. So next <laughs> <laughs> <Nice> um, question. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do for a living? Do you is your podcasting your job, or do you do side hustles? What do you like to do? What do you do for um, monies? <laughs> so right now, so I, and okay. right now I work part time at a modern art museum. Um, I like <laughs> I like being in the museum industry. I like the museum atmosphere. Modern art is new to me, so it's <laughs> definitely different from uh, where I worked in the past, which was obviously like you know dating back to the 1300s, and it had this whole like long and illustrious history so it's a totally different vibe but it's been interesting to learn more about that and to get to like appreciate a new style of art and also like a like a way of having a museum operate so it's been different um it's nice i can wear jeans to work so that's fun Ooh. um so that part time <laughs> yeah i'm still looking for like full time museum work so if anyone out there is uh, listening and they're looking for full-time museum staff uh you can hit me up but 
yeah, so it's a little bit of that, some podcasting, a lot of Netflix binges, you know, it's kind of a little of everything. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) We get that. Yeah. Yes, we do. I I do. Do you ever feel like having a podcast will help or hinder you getting a job? Because sometimes I wonder. I say fuck a lot. I do. I do list like in my like special interests or like hobbies on my resume. I do list that I like host and edit and produce and blah, blah, like, cause I obviously like I do like all the stuff mm-hmm. because I'm just like a one person show and I just have guest hosts. So I list that on my CV, but it's always a bit awkward when you're in an interview and they're like, Oh, like we saw that you do a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, like I really don't want to explain the concept to you, <laughs> but like, I want you to know that like in my free time, I'm thinking about history and like, operating in the public history sphere and like trying to put things out there for people to listen to and to engage with but I don't really want to explain like the fact that we drink on the podcast and that we swear and that like it's not that serious it's comedy history so yeah so I always (laughs) it's like a it's a very fine line to try to walk and it doesn't (laughs) always work yeah yeah I've had that like some ladies I said, I'm like, yeah, I do podcasts and art and, like, all this other kind of fun stuff. Like, they're like, oh, what's your podcast? And <laughs> they were older generation, like, in their 50s, 60s, which is great, great age. But just by having, by this point in the conversation, I knew they would not be listeners. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I said historical AF is what it's called. It's a comedy historical like, we sip wine and stuff. And they were drinking wine, so I'm like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, like, what's the F stand for? I'm like, god damn. I'm like, it's a, it's a cuss word. And they're like, woo! <laughs> 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 I'm like, it is an adult one, and it's, uh, yeah, it's very millennial. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, somebody <laughs> asked me that. Title. An older older man asked me that too what they have somewhere i'm like whatever you want it to be <laughs> factual <laughs> friendly whatever it's fine <laughs> i usually try to ask people if they've heard of drunk history and obviously you know older people might not have but like sometimes they'll be like oh yeah like, i've heard of drunk history and i'm like yeah it's that but like we're not as funny <laughs> so <laughs> don't don't drunk. set your standards too high but it's in a similar vein yeah not puking in a trash can level, but just you know, tipsy <laughs> enough to joke a lot. Drunk dives. That's that's the. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, there has been a few times I'm like, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to join us for a drunk dive and get completely hammered, and I could definitely be interested in that. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, bitch about the historical accuracies or inaccuracies, most likely about a movie. <laughs> Oh, fab. That's so fun. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> well, and that well, granted, that's like the first 10 minutes and the rest is basically <laughs> you're learning about every terror of our childhood or something. Some deep <laughs> terribleness. Oh yeah, these <laughs> all totally falls live. Apart. <laughs> this is live on Patreon. So there's no editing, so we're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, that is so fun. That's, wow, that's, that's crazy. the crazy part, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to think we're as funny as drunk history. The only difference is if they could see us. I know it's like the whole thing of podcasting. Like you have one job and that's to talk. But I, my favorite part is the lip syncing in drunk history. Uh, to me, it's hilarious, especially when they get real actors, famous yeah. actors. Of it, <laughs> oh. To see them in that whatever role they're put in. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you, are you artsy at all or crafty or have any kind of hobbies? What do you like to do for fun? We're not binging and podcasting. That's or a that good up? question. I am not particularly crafty. I like wish I was good at art. I'm really jealous <laughs> of people that are really good at art. I commission art and then That's I go, nice. man, if I could, I'm like, if I could do this, I wouldn't have to pay people money. But I can't, so I have to give people money for it. Um, yeah, I'm not, like, a super crafty person, which makes me so sad. I um, <laughs> am interested in historical fashion. Not, like, as a thing that I study necessarily, but more just, like, I like to own recreated pieces of different, um, like, fashion eras. And so for, like, a hot minute, I thought I was going to learn how to sew so that I didn't have to buy <laughs> them from people. And I could, like, 
make them myself. <laughs> and uh, that quickly fell apart. I was like, I can't. Oh. So like, I'm not qualified to do this. I like <laughs> not really that good at like being self-taught. So I was like, maybe sewing is like not the thing for me. So <laughs> that was a dream that I quickly lost. But um, RIP to that. <laughs> um, what do I like to do in my life? Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I podcast, but that's probably pretty obvious. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of reading, a lot of Netflix binges, and just like hanging out with my family, which has been nice because, like I said, I lived away for four years, so it's been nice to like be home for a while and see yeah. uh, see them a little bit more um, and try try to get them to be on the podcast which has been weird (laughs) Uh, what was your favorite thing about London oh my god there were so many things um I liked how many museums there were and a lot of the the biggest ones are free and I just like like pop into a museum when I had a free day um I also had a pass I bought like the annual pass to historic royal palaces which included um like some of them were further away like you can't you, you have to plan if you're going to, like, uh, Kensington. No, sorry. Kensington's actually close by. You have to plan if you're going to Hampton Court. So that was, like, a mm-hmm. day trip, which I did. But, like, Kensington and the Tower of London were really, really accessible to me. So it was nice. I used to just, like, pop into the Tower of London complex. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I'd, like, go in the buildings. But, like, because it's it has, like, the walls and then, like, inside there are the, all the buildings. But there's also, like, green space. Like, sometimes I would just go in there and, like sit on a bench and like people watch and it was just like the atmosphere was so nice mm-hmm. um and like obviously like you feel like I don't know you just kind of feel like you're part of the past when you're there which mm-hmm. is interesting so I liked that a lot and obviously like I said like the place that I work to give like the quickest possible rundown it was that plague burial pit and then it was a Carthusian monastery and then Henry VIII closed down the monastery and killed some of the monks. And they were some of the first martyrs of the English Reformation. Uh, the house or the building itself, which was the monastery, it was then sold and it became a Tudor manor house. And a couple of different Tudor noblemen lived there. And one of them was executed by Elizabeth I for like the whole situation with Mary, Queen of Scots. He was like seen as being in, like in cahoots with her. <laughs> and then the house um, was purchased by a very rich commoner and he turned it into a charity and so it became a school for poor boys and an almshouse for elderly men who were basically had fallen on hard times so that because like I guess if you think about after the reformation there are no more monasteries which is what this site had previously been Mm -hmm. and monasteries did the bulk of the charity work in like any any European country at that point and so when you lose these monasteries as charity kind of providers you need something to fill the gap so this gentleman created a charity to to help elderly men who'd fallen on hard times and it supported them and so it's actually been an almshouse since 1611 it still is today and so there are elderly people now both men and women who live in that site so it's like really weird because like there are parts of it like there's still a really beautiful part of a cloister that's from the 1400s and so like you can walk in there and, like, I'd go in there and, like, we'd take our tours in there. And it was just such a beautiful place to, like, be. And, like, when you were in that space, like, it was really cold and it kind of felt damp. And, like, you just felt like you were there. But then you'd go into another room and it's, like, a Tudor banqueting hall. And then you'd go somewhere else. And it was modern. Because it's just, like, the way that the buildings have been adapted as time has gone on. And the fact that, like, people still live in the buildings themselves. So it was mm-hmm. nice to, like, get to know the community there. And obviously, like, we were the museum and, like, tours side of it. But, like, we knew the people who lived there. And it was just such a nice place to be with, like, the residents and the staff and our volunteers. And so... I feel like so lucky, but like the thing that I probably liked best about the UK was just like the fact that I got to work in a site like that and feel like part of the history of this site, especially because since it is still a living residence, it sort of felt like we were still making history there. Yeah. 
And yeah. so, yeah, I just, like, I loved that place. I was so sad when I had to leave. I was like, oh, you guys couldn't sponsor me? They couldn't. They're a charity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have money to sponsor me. Do you think you'll end up moving back there eventually? I, yeah, it's really difficult right now with the way that, like, the UK's immigration laws are, unfortunately, for, like, non-EU oh. citizens. So it's it's not, like, super easy, unfortunately. And sponsorship from a job is... Pretty, pretty unlikely in any humanities field. So my mom was like really upset with me that I didn't find a husband when I was there. And honestly, <laughs> looking, I, I'm pretty mad at myself too. That is like the one time I'm like, okay, I can get behind. I don't want to be married, but this is the one time like I get this. This is. Oh, uh, yeah. No, yeah. I like couldn't. <laughs> I'm like personally I'm too young to be married right now but this is like the one exception where I'm like you know what it would have been worth it and it was a mistake not to have done it <laughs> um oh, that accent so I'm con- I'm constantly on the lookout if anybody who listens to my podcast or anyone who listens to this podcast is like you know what American wife honestly let's chat I could be interested <laughs> I'll also accept most Europeans. Um, I'll accept like Australia, New Zealand. Like I just want to go somewhere new. I'm kind of excited to like do a little traveling. So <laughs> I'd like an EU passport. Um, <laughs> if the government is listening to this, I didn't say any of this. <laughs> All in your imagination. But yeah. Um, Ideally, I fall in true, genuine love with somebody from a different country, and we both reap the benefits of two new passports. And that's the story that I'm telling the government. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous of your time in England. It's it's definitely on my list of my next places I just have to go. I've always yeah. felt kind of an affinity for it. Just all the things that live in history are there. Just oh. Yeah. I feel like it's really easy to kind of feel like I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, of our independence and how, like, not we as individuals, but, like, we as a country came from England. But I just feel like everyone kind of, if you're American, has, like, at least a minor interest in England and English history Mm -hmm. that, like, a lot of us don't seem to get for other countries, which is weird because, like, my younger brother could not care less about England. He only (laughs) cares about, like, Eastern Europe, Poland, and Lithuania are, like, the most interesting countries to him and I don't necessarily I like like if you told me why I could probably even get on board but I'm like how do you even know that you love those ones like what led (laughs) that's so specific (laughs) it is I have uh three siblings um and it's my brother and myself who are the history people um my my two sisters both live out of state and one of them was visiting recently and she she kind of jokingly asked us she was like do you do you and our brother ever joke about the two the two other sisters about how we're not history people like that we're not like that scholarly or that like we're not kind of involved in like school stuff and I was like oh no we never make fun of you for that that would be so rude and she was like oh because when me and the other sister get together we always make fun of you guys for being nerds oh my gosh that sounds about right. <laughs> now I think we have permission to make fun of them for not being nerds, but it's official. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there any fun other little tidbits you'd like to share about yourself? Oh, <laughs> like uh, that anything we must I feel like I'm in a job interview. That moment where you're like, "Am I even an interesting person?" <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's why you have a podcast. (laughs) It is. It has to be a part of you that thinks you're interesting if you put yourself on the internet forever and all the time. Honestly, I'm still shocked. Like, even sometimes when I get, like, podcast reviews or when somebody, like, joins my Patreon or even, like, somebody on that messaging board that we were talking about earlier, like, someone says something (laughs) nice. I'm like, I genuinely cannot believe that someone spends an hour of their time listening to an episode. And then he's like, you know what? That was really good. Yeah. (laughs) I do have a question. What have you commissioned to that was made for you? Um, That's a good question. So (laughs) I... (laughs) My podcast art, um, if anyone, like, looks at my actual, like, my podcast, Happy Art History, so the art of me is commissioned. Um, I can't draw at all. <laughs> so I 
I did um, commission that when I decided to do a podcast. Um, I've commissioned a couple of things like for family and then they've done things back. So like my sister and I are obsessed. Well, my sister and I growing up were really obsessed with the animated film Anastasia. Oh, um, I love that movie. Sorry. I watch yeah, it every, all the time. No, it's so good. I watch it all the time. Um, it's obviously like as an adult, I, I do know it's, like horrendously historically inaccurate. Like literally nothing yeah. in it is true. No, I'm just like John Cusack like, and Meg Ryan. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't. I just don't care. Like it's yeah. such a good film. Like yeah. I don't. I've never treated it as like a historical, you know, like artifact or like a like like a history book or anything. But like I just love that film. And so, um, my sister and I, when I was living over in London, my sister came to visit at one point. And then we went to Paris together for my birthday. And Ooh. so she commissioned a piece, like she commissioned a little like thing for my wall. And it has um, like a drawing of the the necklace that she wears. It oh, says together cool. in Paris. And so Aww. like she had that commission from somebody, I think on Etsy. So like we've done little things, nothing ever too major. And then I, I was mentioning earlier when we were talking before the recording that like my family as gifts for me or like me personally for myself um we've done commissions for historical fashion so a couple of dresses it started like i said with a titanic dress so Mm -hmm. a really pretty like red um it's supposed to look kind of like one of the red dresses that rose wears in the film like an edwardian uh 1912 kind of which is actually post edwardian but uh like a 1912 kind of style dress and it was commissioned like specifically for me in high school, so it probably doesn't fit very well anymore. <laughs> um, and then we've we've done a couple more since then. So this Christmas, I actually got like a pretty simple like Regency Day kind of dress. Unfortunately, I have like zero reason to wear any of these things anywhere. Um, I'm so they mostly you cosplay at all. Don't know. Like, I've never really just like had the opportunity. Well, I've I've never really like found the specific instances where that would work. Obviously, I would need to find like. A convention or a like a place where you would be doing that even if it's like larping or something <laughs> um, so i i don't at this point but i'd be open to um, doing that in the future but yeah i do like historical fashion so i just kind of keep them as like weird things that exist only in my house and that no one ever seems to see <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> I think I'm satisfied. I've got enough information from you (laughs) to know that you're my best friend. (laughs) Yay! We drink Dr. Pepper. We both love Anastasia. I'm sold. It's perfect. (laughs) It's all you really need. I do have Anastasia on DVD. And so anytime I don't know what to watch, especially before I had internet for a while, I didn't really need internet. And with the library, I just check out DVDs all the time. And if I didn't have, any, have anything to watch, I would watch Anastasia. Anastasia and Tommy Boy were like my go-tos <laughs> <laughs> just to put in and to watch. So I know those movies well. Yeah, I feel like Anastasia is such a comfort film. Like it's just such a nice, like if you've, if you've grown up watching it. I just like the music in it and Puka is adorable and so is Bartok. <laughs> and I also love like the personality that they gave her and that she's not like meek at any point. Yeah, she's kick ass. Yeah. Like she's, she's just so ass. fun. I love her. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for coming. Oh, no yes. problem. Thank I you really for having it. me. Because I'm sure it's, it's like super fun. late for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, semi- I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> time zones (laughs) the good news is like i said i work part-time so i actually don't work tomorrow so i can sleep in oh okay good i hate it i I have to open tomorrow so actually i have to go in an hour early fucking sucks oh boo (laughs) it's okay at least i get off an hour early when i do that it's just everything shifts up so it'll be worth it just gotta make sure i wake (laughs) up on time Uh, well, he makes me. When he goes to work, he wakes me up. Why? He's a jerk. Yeah. If I have to wake <laughs> up, you have to, too. See? Oh, he you just know. likes to share the love. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, like, sleep, motherfucker. <laughs> early in relationships, everybody's like, oh, just sleep, enjoy your day, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, motherfucker, get up. <laughs> if I have to suffer, you do too. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's oh, kind of fair. Misery loves company. Yeah. 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 I've been trying to gym early in the morning and then you know, podcast up the rest of the day. So, okay. <sighs> you know, good stuff. Yay, editing! <laughs> oh, I hate editing. I'm like, oh, man, it's not taking that long. And then I'm like, where did those two hours go? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like what, painting. When, yeah. Just when, we, uh, when we decided not to record the episode last night, I was like, oh, like I'm still in kind of a podcast zone. So I edited the episode, because like, I put up an episode this morning, and I edited it yeah. last night. I was like, man, this is the first time I felt motivated to do podcast <laughs> stuff in so long. So, so actually, funny. it was it was a blessing that your internet didn't work last night, because I was like in the zone. And I was like, well, okay. I might as well do some podcasts. That's, well, you're welcome. I'm glad some good <laughs> came out of it. <laughs> anyway. Natalie probably has to go to sleep because you have to get up so early. <laughs> you got your early morning tomorrow. <sighs> God damn it. It's okay. <laughs> Dr. Pepper is my friend. Oh, man. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to our little mini gab. It's not very many, but you know, you it's know, a gab. it's Johnny a gap. Yay. <laughs> we will see you Sunday with part two of diseases, illnesses, medical. It's open for interpretation. It's fine. It's fine. You'll learn some shit. Probably be yeah. some sad about shit. Maybe laugh about other stuff. So, oh yeah, yeah. it's fine. Oh yeah, it's brace yourselves. You got to have a drink for the morbid because it's gonna get dark. So dark. Like syphilis was a bad. <laughs> yeah, that one was really bad. It started out okay. <laughs> it ended okay too. The Abraham Lincoln and Beethoven. Yeah. 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 Spoiler alert. It's just, there's a baby thing. And just babies, you just, uh, you just can't. It's just, yeah. So brace yourselves. <laughs> Have a drink. Or two. Or three. It's fine. It'll be good. Just don't do that at work. Because that probably won't work. Or driving. Or just sneak it really well. <laughs> <laughs> Only listen to it in the shower. That's what we've learned today. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I want to me. Like, like Kina, how she said, now she relates that podcast to showers. That's exactly how I want plague and illnesses to be <laughs> thought of in the shower. Yeah. If we're, if we're a sharp shower podcast, let us know. And then we can do the whole like, ee, 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 ee sound. <laughs> no. <laughs> they already probably barely like her voices. They definitely don't. <laughs> I still uh, but- think of that every time I take a shower. I think of that movie. It, I know. Way before I was even born. And I'm like, oh man, that could still happen. We knew that sound even before I watched that movie. This mm-hmm. is so ingrained. But thank you, Caden, for telling us all about London and working in a museum, adapting to modern art. That's really cool. <laughs> Love all of that. Thank and you guys for having me. This was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> You guys made me like contemplate myself. I'm like, who am I? So, <laughs> I've got some things to think on now. Yeah. <laughs> what are my goals? What are my hobbies? I it's like deep know. thinking without thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll have you back and then you can report to us what you've discovered. <laughs> yes. I'll be like, so this is what I've discovered about myself. These are my resolutions for the year. Like, I've tried to change my whole personality. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you set a resolution this year? Since we are just... If you did, is it still going? <laughs> um, I did. So I set my resolution was to start journaling. And I've been in and out of it. I was obviously like really gung-ho in the beginning. And I was like every day. And now I realize that like there's not always something to write about every day. So I write when it feels like there's something to say. Okay, that's when fair. It feels like enough. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm basically writing it to myself as if I'm reading this as like a 90-year-old who can't remember their own life. So I'm like, here are all the things that you shouldn't forget because some of this is cool. But then, of course, like on a regular day, it's like, actually, I didn't do anything cool today. So we're just going to skip this one. Kind of like Damn, I feel like I need to start doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I started, well, because I started realizing, it's like, I've done so many cool things, 
and like I don't remember half of them. So I was like, like not like with detail anyways. I'm, like I really just start writing this stuff down. So then I went out and bought a nice journal and I was like, it's a resolution. It's a new year. It's fine. That's a really <laughs> cool idea. I know when I went to Paris, they gave us a journal and they're like, write all of this down because you will never remember all the details. And we're like, we'll never forget this. And I'm like, no, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, I can't believe I spent four years living abroad and never was like, man, maybe I should write some of this down. So (laughs) I'm getting in a little late to the game, but I still have enough memory that I can like backlog some of the things that have already occurred. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We're going to go to bed because it is late. (laughs) (laughs) And I am old. <laughs> All right, good night. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye, Zs. Bye. bye.